Welcome back, folks, to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Coming to you live from a fucking freezing house with no heating in the middle of winter. How you doing, boys? I'm with Adam and Benny. Oh, I'm, like, really warm and sweaty in my house. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, my house is I'm, lovely and toasty. Yeah, I've, I've had to strip down to shorts and vest, Bernard Manning <laughs> style, because I'm just <laughs> wetting buckets. <laughs> it's a stinky place. Horrendous image. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stinky Singleton house you've got over there. Yep, that's right. That you're, quarantine- you're, you're quarantining, Benny. Haven't you got this stingy Singleton bedroom at the moment? Oh my so god, not near anybody. It's like proper boy smell going on in here. I, w- I wish I could bottle it up and send it off to you, just you know, just so you could remember me, because we haven't <laughs> seen each other for over a year now. We've got the old portable heaters going which is obviously going to drive up our electricity bill about 40 percent for one day's use and doing the old all the tricks having to keep the water you know keep the water running all that shit so nothing freezes but it's really weird because we're still inside so it's it did get down to about eight degrees today in the house which was kind of wild and i just thought you know what why am i moaning i i should i i'm very careful to realize how lucky i am so i try to not sweat things like this because i think well yeah it's gonna get fixed and i can afford to fix it you know there are people and I'm, i was in this situation actually when i was younger but there is times where people can't afford to fix the heating or they couldn't mm-hmm. even have the heating on because they couldn't afford to do it and i just kept thinking to myself yeah just make a hot drink and shut the fuck up it's it's not a big deal don't worry about it kind of thing and i, I i'm very wary of being kind of whingy or moany about things like this even though it's a pain in the ass but it, essentially it's just an inconvenience that's all you know it's not the end of the world is it i mean it, i went to uni up that way and i uh, understand your pain mate because i could not afford, i said i went to uni up that way and uh, i couldn't i understand your pain because i could not afford the heating up there i used it to go to bed fully dressed but i i think you've earned uh, over your life getting to where you have you know get, getting your education and your work experience behind you and building up your career you've earned that comfort of warmth and and the house where the windows don't freeze you've lived there i mean we all have and we've worked our way up to the point where actually central heating is more of a an expected thing than a commodity that's or a luxury and I, I think you, you should be right in feeling a bit miserable because it's the beginning of January and you don't have any heating in the house. I think that's a perfectly justified moan to have, especially with kids in the house as well. I don't know. I really, this is one of these things that will just crop up on here now and again, but I really struggle with this kind of thing and just feeling like, I don't know, like I'm moaning over nothing, you know? There are so many worse things in the world right now. I can even afford to have these heaters on. It's not a problem. And there's a, a guy coming tomorrow to fix it, and I'll be able to afford to get it fixed. And I just think, yeah, you, you could just go and lie in bed and just get under a duvet, and you'll be warm. You'll be fine. Just watch YouTube or, uh, you know, you don't have to be walking around the house freezing cold, trying to be some kind of martyr or something. You know, so one day I can say to Georgia, oh, back in January 2021, you're not going to believe how cold it was and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be some kind of hero or something. Yeah. And I, I do it with everything. Like, you know, like my car and... I know, like, the same, like, Benny's done this before with his car. Like, his car would break and he'd just be like, I mean, yeah, what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. And I think, well, yeah, like, we're lucky to even have a car. Do you know, like, stuff exactly. like that. And I, it's it's mad. I don't know. I don't know why I do it, but I do it all the time. I find myself complaining about things like this, and then I get angry at myself for even complaining in the first place. I said, I know how to change a tyre. I knew how to fix my old car of a paperclip. It's fine. It'll get sorted eventually. You are the paperclip master. <laughs> MacGyver. 
MacGyver. I did have a question for you, Benny, actually, which was something I was going to ask you. How sick are you yet of people giving you advice about your future baby? Um, to be fair, no one's really given us advice. Um, Blossom's friends have been very generous in that they're giving us a lot of free stuff, which is something I want to come on to later for baby. But no one's being like overly, um, you know, overly fussy over us giving us advice. We've been lucky so far. People, again, it's it's more the idea of stuff. It's like, oh, pe- this I had this. This was a lifesaver when I had my baby. Oh, you should have. We should get one of these because you'll definitely need one of these. But it's not like that's as far as it's gone. Not not people saying you can't do this with the baby. You can't have impure thoughts while you're with the baby, so it's ugly. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> not Shout been reading the show. right books. <laughs> you need to read the eugenics text. That's what they're there for. <laughs> Did you get any of that, Adam, from people? No, no, we didn't. Mainly because wow. it was so long since like people in our family had had kids. We were the first of our generation to actually start having them, give or take. So ah, it, right. it was like, uh, okay. Those people in the generations above recognise that actually the world is a different place now. And it, it was only really once the baby was out. I think the worst thing was, with my first, my ex's mum was really funny about me changing her and washing her. Because I was a man, and I'd had a baby mm. girl. And as a man, I shouldn't be touching a baby in that way, or a girl in that way. And that she was very suspicious of me that the fact I was willing to change nappies and I was willing to bath the child. That was the worst thing. It's not really advice, but it is someone saying, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. That isn't the way things are done. But that was very much of her generation and her background just being the the woman does these things, the man does these things. And they're, they're very, very different. The mum does all the parenting and the dad does all the going out and earning the crust and all of that. So the fact that I was like, no, I'm I'm 50-50 the parent, so I will do whatever I can to look after my child. She just couldn't comprehend that. And her mind, for some reason, went to that weird, dark place. That thing happens with a lot of people when it comes to men interacting with children, which has yeah. always been a bugbear of mine, is that kind of negative context. Mm. Oh, that negative impression that people have upon a man smiling at someone else's child on the bus or even out playing with their own kid on the playground, just them and their child and just having people like stare and mutter about you is it's not fun as a dad. So they get Tommy Robinson up on speed dial. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. That's a shout out to Scroobius Pip. Some men are over the age of thirty. They're not all paedophiles. Some people are just nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah exactly. That's that's exactly right. It's weird. Like you say, it's a different generation. But yeah, I never I've never encountered anybody. I know loads of guys who've got little girls, and I've never heard that before ever. Yeah, the the in law or the the mum was just kind of well, you shouldn't be doing it. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I've never heard that before. I mean, I I don't know if there's something more going on in the background in in her mind or something that's happened in the past. But she was very kind of conservative in that way, and, and everything was a taboo to be discussed. Like a, a man can't talk about periods. That's disgusting. That's a women's secret thing. She's very much that <laughs> type of person. So. It, it was it was a bit awkward when 
I was giving my daughter her first bath. My partner had gone off uh, and was just like getting a, a kit. And <laughs> her mum was there in the bathroom, like talking to me, but also keeping an eye on me, making making sure I wasn't doing anything weird or funny. Filming you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just yeah, keep it above, keep it above the waist, Adam. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's no not what you want to make you comfortable. But obviously, after that, it was just like, oh well, actually, yeah, I understand. He's just a dad. It it took her a few days almost to kind of get used to it. But I think she'd just never experienced that before in, in her life. So, I, you know, forgive her for that. I, mean, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have anyone, like, around that age that is that sort of mentality. Like, most of my... All but one of my grandparents is gone. And he, you know, he doesn't really... I don't say he doesn't care, but he doesn't not bother about how we do things. My mum and dad are the most chill, easygoing parents that you have going. Like Blossom will attest to that. The most, the most, I'd say the most like conservative is her dad. But even even he is like you know you're grown adults. You just do it your way. You do what works for you. Yeah, there is there is that thing as well with men in certain professions, isn't there? Male primary school teachers will get funny looks. Male yeah. carers. I work in an industry where there are lots of like home carers involved. And if I had to have a rough guess in the all the years I've been working there, we've had about 90 carers all together, you know, that have come and gone and left or retired or whatever, you know, and the ones that are still there. I think we've had three men do that job. And two of them were moved from a particular area to another area because the parents just felt weird. Mm. The guys had done nothing wrong. They were caring for the kids and they were looking after a boy as well, a little boy. But for some reason, the parents said, we we just find it weird. We can't get past how it just seems a bit odd to us, which is a really weird thing to think about. Because I'm not sure if there's any job, certainly nowadays, where if it was a, a woman doing it, there wouldn't be that connotation. I know there's still the classic bloody, oh, bloody women lorry drivers next, bloody hell, whatever. Like, you know, yeah, okay, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know if there's any jobs where there's that connotation that involves looking after somebody or looking after children or something like that, where you would think, oh, God, a woman's doing that. That's a bit weird, isn't it? And maybe it's just because women have that sort of seem to have that more caring, nurturing side. I, I don't know, but yeah, that's really weird. No, I, I, th- I think that that kind of feeling or or sentiment or whatever it was that was affecting my ex's mum in that way is there in society. That taboo is there, and yeah. to me, it, the only thing I can think of is people just assume a man and a child he must be a paedophile. Mm-hmm. It, it, regardless of if that's the the kid's dad, teacher, guardian, uncle, whatever, it's a wrong type of interaction, and there must be some kind of sexual element behind it, which is terrible. It really is, and it, it causes a huge effect on kids. That's why there's all this drive for male primary school teachers. My kids' primary school, they had one male teacher who was absolutely fantastic. All the kids loved him, but especially the male kids, because they had someone that they could relate to that little bit more. And he did a lot for dads as well, by organising, like, dads and boys clubs. So all the dads there, in the top few years of the uh, school who had sons, they would go and they would do, like, special activities together once or twice a year. 
And then they would organise the dad and daughter clubs as well. And I was lucky that I got to experience both of them. And they were fantastic. Because it's sole interaction between you and your daughter, but you're surrounded by everyone else. So you're surrounded by all these other dads in the same situation as you. And you get to talk and make friends. And you don't feel judged or looked upon like you would do if you're socialising with mums and their kids. And which I've had myself. It's a real good thing to have men in these professions. And it it's quite disgraceful, really, that there is this this taboo element to it where people are just look at you in a completely different way because you choose to pursue that as a career. I've had it as well with, I said to Sarah, because George is at the age now where she has sleepovers and friends coming around to stay over. And obviously it's girls. And there's times when Sarah's working later than me. So I'll be, I'll get the girls and bring them back to our house. So George has maybe got like one or two friends staying over and I've said to Sarah, can you check with the parents that they're fine with just me being here? Which is, I don't know if that's me positively discriminating that sort of stereotype or something. or Because I, I was thinking, oh God, if I ask the question, are they then going to think, why the fuck's he even asking that question? Cause, and then I got in my own head of, well, if I don't ask the question <laughs> and they find out it was just me here, are they then going to think, well, why is it just Dan there? We thought Sarah was going to be there. And even I was thinking that. And it's, you know, it's maybe I'm guilty of doing the same thing by association or something. I don't know. But I said to Sarah, you've got, I need you to ask those parents if they're okay with their girl being here with just me and Georgia. Because I don't know if they're going to freak out or not or find it really weird. I don't know. And none of them ever have anything or, you know, it's, you know, it's fine. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure why it's there. It's very weird. Yeah, it is. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't think twice if it was, oh, I'm gone. It's, that, that that kid's mum and my son just just yeah if it was together. boys it wouldn't yeah 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 we, you know and they're just at risk as girls would be you know the number of like female paedophiles out there is probably getting to as high as the male paedophiles and you are putting your kid in just as much risk but you won't think about that because it, it, it's a woman so it's it's a fellow mum so that's fine. I mean- I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't know why the stereotype exists. I know why the stereotype exists. Is it because most horrible people in the world are men? That's why the stereotype <laughs> exists of all kinds. If you want to talk any kind of criminal uh, yeah. issue in the world, it's more than likely a man that's done it. So I get why the stereotype exists. Yeah. But yeah, it is there because there, there is evidence of it happening. But things like the media don't help when they report on like female pad- uh, pedophiles in a completely different way to male paedophiles, such as the, the male paedophile raped and abused this this young girl, but the female paedophile seduced the boy <laughs> uh, and makes it more sexy. Yeah. And it's like that, that South Park episode where you've just got... <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> that. Say, nice. Yep. Yep. <laughs> nice. Insert the nice gif. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it's a hard topic to, to think about and discuss, but... Unfortunately, it is one of those things, one of those genuine things that as a man, you are affected negatively by. And as a man, there's not much (laughs) in the wider scheme of things when you're looking at the way in which people are oppressed. That's probably as a straight, white, middle class male, (laughs) that is one of the only things that affects me, (laughs) is that... So I've got it pretty easy compared to a lot of the world, but 
doesn't mean that I have to lie down and be happy about it. Just like <laughs> if my heating went, I would be really pissed off about it. And I'd be moaning about it on Facebook and on Twitter. It'd be, it'd be out there in the public. <laughs> British Gas would get some very angry treats directed towards them. Oh my god, yeah. scathing three-star Facebook reviewing. <laughs> yeah, I will say, if reincarnation's a thing, dude, I am praying to the god above that I come back as a white male dude. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yep. Because this shit's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking so easy. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> it really oh, is. God. You know, we don't have to carry the baby. We don't... Some Some men don't even carry the baby after it's been born. He's <laughs> just yeah. yeah Some men get told by the mother-in-law to not even wash the baby. Yeah. So <laughs> shout out to the shout out to you women out there. I I probably I don't think I've said this yet, but Jesus Christ, can you imagine if men had periods? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It'd be such a, the world would stop. The world would basically end yeah. because just nothing would happen. Nothing would get done. Two weeks like, off work every month. Out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah, I've got two weeks. It, but you know what? You know the way men run the world? It would be built into all contracts. Well, he's only allowed to work two weeks every month. No, Why? Actually, you know the mill periods? That, that oh, sounds yeah, that's right, really, yeah. really good. That sounds like utopian. Like, <laughs> uh, we had to bring in the universal basic income and free healthcare for everyone. Uh, just because, you know, we're, we're on the blob. Two, two weeks. <laughs> we could, we got to stop working. And, you know, the economy suffers otherwise, so uh, yeah, that's why we did it. We've had to go to it. We've had to have a trade union meeting. Why is that? Well, Jim's got the decorators in, so you know <laughs> nothing's going to happen. So we better get a clause inserted into the new contracts for the men. Well, you wouldn't even be oh, able to use that me. phrase, would you? Because like with the number of male decorators out there, they wouldn't be in a lot. They'd only be in two. That's a fair them. point. Yeah, Jimmy White have the decorators yeah. in, but he can't because he's got the decorators <laughs> <Yeah>. in. So. <laughs> I had a qu- another kind of weird, kind of serious topic that I wanted to bring up, which was, and no government names mentioned, but I know somebody whose daughter is transitioning into being a man, and uh, the th- he's thirty years old, and he's decided I, I can't live as a woman anymore. Uh, I want to live as a man, and I was talking to somebody else about it, and I said. I think it's tough sometimes for parents that Christ. I don't know how to. I'm just going to say this one. This may come across really wrong, and but I think it's tough for parents sometimes that they just have to accept it, and that's it. There's no. You're not even allowed to kind of say, "Oh wow, like are you sure?" Or and it must be really really hard for the parents to because I'm the same. I mean, all I want is for my daughter to be happy. And if she comes home one day and says, I've got a girlfriend, I'll be like, all right, cool, whatever. I don't care. She comes home and says, I'm believing a lie. I want to be a man. I want to be, I'm going to start calling myself George or whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Just, I just want you to be happy. But there would be a part of me that would then miss my daughter. Mm. And I think Mm. sometimes parents aren't allowed to have that kind of grieving process where I've been calling you princess and my best girl and all this kind of thing for 25 years or whatever. And now I've got to call your son, or you know, like my like my dude, or I don't know, something, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Dude. And I, I yeah. think, yeah, and I think that's really hard sometimes. And I think parents sometimes kind of get a bit of a a bit of a short shrift when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's one of those things where the focus should rightly be on the person who is transitioning or who Absolutely. is coming to terms with their actual gender identity, but. As with anything, it, it's got a wider impact. 
And, and I think you're right. You know, pa- parents do need to have that adjustment process. And and I think that is part of the problem surrounding that transitioning for that individual is they themselves are coming to terms with that. They themselves are probably, I would assume, not knowing much about it, having some form of grieving process because they are losing that previous identity. Whether they were happy with it or not, it's going and it, it is dying. And for that then to be mirrored with their parents, I'm, I'm, I would assume it causes a bit of feedback, and they will both struggle with that. I think I'm I'm the same as you, Dan, in the sense that you know, if one of my kids came back, I'd be quite happy for them to identify as whatever they want. However, I feel yep. I would speak up and make sure they are comfortable with transitioning through that process and sitting down with them so we can both understand what the process is and what way I can be there to support them with that, but also to make sure that they are certain with that because that is also a big thing. It's easy to, I say it's easy to, but it's a lot easier to do that kind of mentally than it will be then to go through the permanent physical changes, whether, you know, it's the, the hormone suppressants or the different hormones to change their actual body and try be able to start that transitioning process but obviously there's a lot of professionals out there to take you through that and I think as a parent you would have that support as well I don't know if there are agencies or you know charities out there that are designed for that Ben, did you ever, did you ever talk to your sister about coming out and stuff and how she handled it she never actually like, like came to me and said it I just I figured it out more so and then we just dealt with it from there. I didn't even know like how she told my mum and dad. I was just like, oh, okay. Alright, this 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 girl my sister's been hanging out with is her partner. Alright, fine, deal with I'll, I'll deal with that, that's fine. It was just difficult because 'cause she'd been with uh, well not difficult. It was just weird because she's been with she'd been with blokes before. And I didn't like I said, I had my suspicions but I didn't have any hard evidence to go off, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, that's not changed anything about her. She's my sister. I love her to bits and I wouldn't change her for the world. Yeah, it, it was the same with Sarah's sister. Sarah's mm-hmm. sister's in a same-sex relationship and she'd had a boyfriend before. So I think, and, and again, we were the same. We always suspected. And even even Sarah's sister coming from, I mean, the most loving home mm-hmm. you can ever imagine that Sarah's parents do will do anything for their kids. Anything. Yeah. You know, but even they were still a bit, oh, wow, right, taken aback. And even and it took Sarah's sister a long time to say, okay, yeah, I mean, this girl I'm been living with and stuff isn't just my housemate she's my girlfriend yeah and it still took her ages to to finally say it which is really interesting you know and it must be god it must be so hard for people you know to to be in a a sort of a a house where you think it's not accepted or it's not okay and even the same for transitioning and stuff like that Mm. it must be really tough yeah definitely going back to the transition thing i've got a couple of friends who have done that as well and if my uh, daughter, you know, as it's going to be, comes up to me at some point and says to me, you know what, I don't feel right in this body. I want to live my life as a man and become a man. You know, it's easy now, you know, potentially 18, 20 years in the future saying, oh yeah, of course I'll be happy for her and whatever she wants to do, you know, I'll be happy with. But it's going to, you know, it at that time, it will take a long while to register and settle in. I found I found the hardest thing with someone who's transitioning is the pronoun game because I get that wrong all the time with the people 
that I know that have done it. You know, names are easy. You call someone a different name, fine. You guys call me Benny. That's not my real name, but that's what you know me as. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's the pronoun game that's difficult, and it is what it is. But as soon as, if that's what they want to do, then yeah, just support them. I mean, Definitely. that's what you should be doing as a parent anyway, regardless mm-hmm. what lifestyle choices. Although I recognise that, that that type of thing isn't a choice. Or anything that impacts upon the child's life lifestyle and isn't there to harm them, like a, a drug addiction or alcoholism, mm-hmm. something like that, why shouldn't you support your kid? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, if one of my girls or my lad came up to me and went, actually, this is a gender I identify as, I'm going to transition into that, it would hit me, but only because I've already got these expectations of, at some point in the future, my lad will be... Uh, a dad, for example, and he might never have kids, and even that can impact you, <laughs> you know, if you've mm-hmm. got that preconceived notion. And, like, I recognise that girls will eventually get married and have kids, and that's just what I assume will happen, because it is the norm, statistically, what will happen. But, like, my eldest daughter shot me the other day, because she said, you know what, I probably will get married, but I'm keeping the surname. I'm, I'm refused to change my surname. And part of me was like, oh, wow. Because I'd already come to terms with the fact that my daughters will lose their surname and there'll only be one clock left, because uh, mm-hmm. that's my surname, in, in this group uh, <laughs> of kids that I've got, and that'll be my lad. But now my daughter is saying, actually, no, I'm going to be a clerk as well. It's like, wow, okay, that's that's weird. Why are you doing that? And she's just like, yeah, I just like the name. I don't want to be known by another name. I was like, okay, that's fine. That's your identity. It, it's no different, really. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more heartache and, <laughs> and a lot more severe impact with someone who's transitioning. But by recognising that that is her identity and she doesn't want to change that or have that changed by these preconceived notions of what's expected for her, again, she's challenging those norms, but in a positive way, something that's going to appease her and her sense of identity. So, yeah, I'll support that. Do you? Do you? Would you care about losing the surname or like? Because I said, I think Sarah said to me, or somebody said to me, do you care that when Georgia gets married, or if she if she gets married, she might take someone else's name and you'll lose the master surname? I was like, I couldn't give a shit. I don't care. It's just a fucking name. Who cares? Well, you know, make your own name. I don't it, fucking it's... care. It doesn't bother me at all. And I said to Sarah's dad. Because Sarah's dad's uh, got three girls, and I said, "Does it? Did it bother you, or does it bother you? You might lose that surname." And he's like, "Yeah, it bothers me a lot. Really? <laughs> Why did you care? I don't care at all." No, it, you know, it's it's weird, but yeah, yeah, it would in a way. And I think the reason for that is uh, a member of my family did our family tree. It's my my aunt, my cousin, so my auntie's son on my mum's side. Did our family tree for all of the mum's side. So I know generationally, like how far back he went is like seven or eight generations. That that surname has been passed down to all mm. of these individual people down to my strand of the family. And in my strand in the family, there's three lads who have that as a surname. And I, I don't know, because I'm the eldest. I don't know if any of them will have kids or if they'll have sons or anything like that. I know my son does. So I know we are continuing that tradition, that that line of all these clerks that have been going back, you know, hundreds of years. So to me, because of that, weirdly, it is important. 
I mean, I wasn't going to be a clerk because it's my mum's surname, but she, again, kind of going against her traditions, when her and my dad separated, she changed my surname to her surname, uh, her maiden name, because she didn't want me to have my dad's surname. Hmm. That's a whole different story. But again, because of that, I feel there's a bit more pressure. Like, <laughs> I was forced to have this surname, so I better <laughs> bloody keep it going, which I have done to the best of my ability. You'd so, better have a son. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like Crusader Kings or something. Yeah, exactly. I need a firstborn son. <laughs> Are you, would you care, Benny? If, I if mean... This is like your only kid and it's a girl and she says, yeah, well, I'm taking this guy's name and that'll be that'll be it kind of thing. It is a little bit like... I, I don't think it would affect me. I, I'm more worried about... Because with my sister being gay... I worry that I'm like the last shot, if you know what I mean, for my my parents to have the name follow on. You know, my name is long and convoluted. I've said to Blossom many times, so I'm very happy for the kid to have your surname. It don't bother me. But, you know, it was more important for me to have... I mean, it sounds like a bloody Metal Gear Solid plot, but I was more concerned about having like the, the genealogy go down rather than the name. A name's just a name. Yeah. You know, you can call anybody anything. Yeah. It don't, it don't matter. But the, I just want like a part of, I said, the family to go down, and you know that's one of the reasons I'm happy that a child is on the way. Yeah, you're gonna force your kids to double barrel their name then. <laughs> oh <laughs> just god, to keep the lineage going because it's a girl. <laughs> just my surname is a mouthful. We don't want to put like, more syllables on top of that. Yeah, that's a fair point. It would never fit on the back like of a football idea. shirt. <laughs> like Sean Wright Phillips it would be like a complete <laughs> semicircle <laughs> it be like Jan Venegor of Hesselink oh, yeah. <laughs> like fit it all the way around the top of the bottom of the shirt I like that as well that Adam's going to sit his kid going to sit Daniel down one day and just say now listen I'm going to give you some advice that your grandma gave to me when I was a boy you better bring me a son or else <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like you that's a proper like name. that's a Game of Thrones like timeline um, argument you know having your yeah. line continue down it doesn't matter like if it's yeah. got your name or not it's just you know a it part doesn't. of me that goes down throughout the generation no I, I know it doesn't but I feel that there is when, when I see all those people and they've all linked to me they are my, they are my ancestors and <laughs> I've never seen obviously anything but a small handful of all the people on his family tree but they all existed and i'm all linked to them and we have that surname in all of our history and to me that that's actually wow that's a big thing it's a big group of people you know there's like dozens and dozens of people within this wide family tree and to have us all linked to that i want to keep that going and i don't necessarily want it to end for that reason, mm-hmm. if one of like my brother or my cousin, who are the other people with the uh, the same surname, they don't have kids, then it is it's all funneled down within our section of that family tree to one point, and so <laughs> it's kind of like okay, <laughs> that that is a bit of pressure to carry that on. I mean, genetically, I would rather not have the family genetics. Because we're a real mixed bag of like prone to stroke, prone to heart disease, like, <laughs> weird tremors and muscle spasms. I'd rather just have the name, thanks. But <laughs> you your know, legacy. I can't change that. I can change the name. So keep that going. Okay. I guess also, right, like, but the, my dad's side of the family is quite big, so I won't be the last one. I've got lots of cousins with the same surname, so I, there's less pressure on me for that as well. Yeah. 
You were going to say something, Benny, before you said you wanted to mention something. What was it? Um, well, like I said earlier, like myself and Blossom have got some very generous friends and family who are like um, handing down lots of baby stuff for us, like um, well, uh, a milk. I can't remember what it's called now, like a breast milk readier and oh, pump, like uh, beds and what have you. I, I was wondering. I know you said before you didn't want to give out advice, but I was wondering if you have some must-have things that children you need when oh. the baby is here aspirator you need an aspirator a snot pump basically to pump out that baby snot out of its nose because they you can't should, you blow their nose. Turkey they won't know how to blow their nose for years so yeah you true need to suck it out and there are so these little things that you don't even think of no exactly we like we with our first one we got like this tommy tippy set uh big up the little panda and it had like loads of little stuff like here's a comb, here's a soft hairbrush, nail clippers, and what the hell is this like weird squeegee like mini turkey turkey baster thing? <laughs> and then we realised that that goes up the kid's nose. Yeah. And it is so valuable. Just a hand pump one, because the other ones you get are where you have to like siphon it out, like you're siphoning <laughs> petrol out of a car by sucking it. <laughs> and it shouldn't go up the sucky straw, but I don't want to take that risk, and I won't recommend you do either. Get a big gob full of kids' nasal snot. It's not going to be fun. But yeah, aspirator. Definitely need one. Yeah, definitely, because the first thing we tried to do was uh, use a Dyson attachment. <laughs> uh, suck George's nose off, so a little baby one would definitely be a good idea. Yeah. Did you not do, do you know that thing second, where you just gonna... like, stamp on, up and down on their chest to try and like, blow it out the nose for them? <laughs> or like, swing them round really, the really hard, and nope, it just... Yeah, out. <laughs> like one of those science machines that yeah. mixes up the test tubes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just all flies out. Do you know what? I'm going to quickly just ask a uh, an introductory special guest onto the show. Sarah, can you think of anything that you say as like a, a piece of equipment that is a must-have for Benny and Blossom for their baby? Oh, yeah. Like the little, you know, like a little water bottle. Uh, uh, if you have the bottles, a little bottle heater. Yeah, I think that's so one of like... the things that Blossom's friends got for us. Oh, you got that. Excellent. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I think you know I think that's I think we're before, sorted on that front. Like babies, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. Things like creams and you know, like pseudocreme stuff like that. Plenty of wipes. Just buy as many nappies as you can. Mm. Yeah. And you, and but but it, like we said before, it's there's not it's not that difficult. You know, you're just going to need a shit ton of nappies. About eight baby grows. That's it. Do not waste money on buying your baby fancy clothes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they will grow out of them in about yeah. two weeks. And you're going to yeah. think, oh, great. I've yeah. just spent your fancy clothes. 20 quid on a pair you of sh- fucking you should work Nike out. Airs and they can't wear them. You should work out, okay, when is my baby born? When's Christmas? And then that's the fancy clothing you'll buy, recognising it's only for that one day. So don't waste a lot of money on it. And, and yeah, and if people say to you, what do you want for Christmas? Just ask them for things like, yeah, I want nappies. I want baby grows. Yeah. I want stuff like that. Exactly. Just just because it, it's going to cost you so much money. It's ridiculous. They're, they're really expensive, Benny. They're really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> for Christmas, I want you to have the baby so I could have some sleep. <laughs> That's Go actually a, a good point. Is that you should definitely don't ever feel as though, you know, like, oh, I'm too proud to ask for help or I'm mm-hmm. too proud to just want to rest or something. If you can take that baby to the grandparents for a couple of hours just so you can catch like an hour and a half's kip just do it because you're gonna like you know it's it's the best thing you can have because then like like i said before you don't want to be stressed you don't want to be tired any chance you can get to have a bit of a sleep and the grandparents are gonna love it oh yeah and just like they they just become me, me and my wife joke all the time and that will i'll say to my dad and sarah will say to her parents 
you didn't do this when I was a kid. Why didn't you do this for me when we were kids? You just like, you just mean to me all the time. And I said, yeah, but I don't need to do. I don't need to teach these kids anything. I can just give. I can just give these kids whatever they want. Yep. It's not my job to say no. It's your job to say no. That's the parents' job. That's not my job. I'm like, yeah, great. Thanks a lot. But yeah, there's there's nothing really crazy that you need, Benny. And like I said before, like you'll just find your own way, and yeah. there'll just be things that you'll be like, oh yeah, we couldn't live without this thing, and it'll be yeah. something really funny that maybe you don't even think about. There's, there's nothing really. Yeah. It's quite easy. I, I would say you need to concentrate more on the stuff you shouldn't get. Because what I think a lot of parents and yes, excellent point. parents fall into the trap of is, wow, that's a gadget for my baby. I better get it. <laughs> there's this like full like baby food puree preparer, which is basically like a very, very modded food blender. And it, all it does is you just put the food in and it just blends it up. But it costs about five times the amount as a, a hand blender. And it <laughs> does exactly the same thing. And all you do is you get a bowl and hand blender and you just mash the stuff up. Puree it, you can put it in a jar or a Tupperware box, whatever you want. You don't have to spend like 60 quid on that. You can get one for a fiver and yeah. just do with it that way. Nappy bins. Don't get a nappy bin. Just get a bin. Yeah. We got with our first and it was like this free thing that came with it and we would never have bought it but it came free and it came with like the bags and again it was tommy tipping it's this really elaborate dustbin that's got the sacks built in and you like put a dirty nappy in you have to like turn a handle and it seals and closes a bag and then <gasps> you have to oh empty it out and it's this big long like yes. human centipede of like dirty nappies yeah. in a big sack you don't need that that was like <laughs> 10 15 pounds for another one of these cartridges of bin bags or you can get like 500 nappy sacks for a quid from the pound shop yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing so it's all these fancy gadgets and like very kind of fashion accessory based nappy bags or changing bags sorry you know the ones where you carry all your nappies in and mm-hmm. push chairs prams that kind of thing they all do the same thing yeah, but obviously the ones with like Kath Kidston on are going to cost three times the <laughs> prices like Ethel Austin's own brand, if Ethel Austin even exists anymore. Mother Care's own brand—that's more contemporary reference. You're right, and like we've said before, everything fancy you buy will end up covered in shit or piss or sick and or, mm-hmm. or, um, or poo anyway. So yeah. why waste the money on something super expensive? I can't believe you mentioned those nappy bags, Adam, because me and Sarah were talking in bed. I think it was on Sunday. And she said something like, I've had a weird flashback. Do you remember those nappy sausages? <laughs> and I went, oh my God, yes, the nappy sausages. You're right. We had that. Yeah, we had that machine. I think you dump the bag in, you twist it, and then you end up with like, yeah, loads of nappy yeah. sausages. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. That's amazing. Yeah, Benny, avoid anything that's name brand because right. they're just ripping you off, yeah. making you think you need it and you do not. Clothes, you just don't need that many clothes for a kid, for a baby. They just live in baby grows. Baby grows are the, like a nice clean baby grow as well. A baby yeah. and a baby grow. Oh, they're so cute. They just look they look great and just like nice and snug and comfy. Yeah. It's really lovely. Yeah, definitely. You do need, obviously, the, the only thing I would say put, uh, put money into is a car seat for them. But right. get the ones which last them a while. So like you, you get them in different age groups, like 0, 1, 2, and 3. If you can get 0 to 3, you're laughing because that will stay with them. Until they're like 10, 12 years old, however big they're oh, okay. growing. But if you just go, oh, you know what? We get one and it comes with the uh, the push chair and it costs us an extra £60, but it's a car seat and we could just clip it in. 
no, don't get that. Don't waste your money. It's convenience, but that's that's sixty pounds worth of nappies. That's like a couple of weeks worth or a month worth of nappies, and and other stuff for the baby. You've got to balance it, but car seat, a separate car seat, that is worth putting the money into because that is safety based. Yeah. But everything else is just a luxury, really. You're just paying for the brand name. It's like weddings and stuff like that. They just see you coming and they stick an extra zero <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. Because and they know as well that you just kind of get suckered into buying these things, thinking they're better than your, you know, like a cheaper alternative, and they're just not. They're just not. It's like all the bedtime toys you can get for the baby. Oh, we've got a sheep here, and you press its back, and it, a rainbow glows out, and it plays like <laughs> classical music for three hours straight. You don't need all that. You can just get like a cheap teddy, and they'll be fine with it. They're not going to remember. Unless they like keep that particular soft toy for the rest of their life. My eldest has. She's got this like little pink bear called Rupert. He's not pink anymore. He's distinctly grey with pink over there. <laughs> but it, she's had it since she was born. So it's like 12 years old, this teddy bear. And it will go everywhere with her. And it'll be something she like carries out and maybe hands down to her kid. And that's adorable. But some kids, they just don't care. We got Daisy, my youngest uh, teddy bear. And then she threw it away, so we had to get her an, another one, a replacement. She found <laughs> it, and someone else had bought one, so we've got like three of the same bear, and she doesn't like any of them. She, she's <laughs> into bloody dinosaurs, so now she's just got loads of dinosaurs everywhere. So yeah, it's just one of those things where you'll think, oh, that would be great to have for the kid, but take a step back, take that with you, you're tired, you're not, you're not thinking straight, take it home with you, find out a bit more information online. And always shop online, because there's always cheaper alternatives out there. Yeah. Don't ever impulse buy anything for your kid. Go home first, sit down, think about it. And after if after a couple of days you still think you want it, okay, then get it. Because you probably then will need it. But you'll realise the next day, oh, thank, like, thank God I didn't buy that thing, because that's just ridiculous. I would never have needed that. I well made What's for that, it? because I get the worst case of buyer's remorse if I buy something, then I get back to the day after, and I think, why the hell did I buy that? It, it yeah. cripples me, so I, I'm, I'm well set for that. <laughs> the worst thing, though, the most predatory thing, and they probably won't have it, given the, the pandemic going on, but the most predatory thing I've ever experienced is a bloody people taking photos of your baby the day after they've been born. Walking around the maternity wards from Bounty or wherever they're from, going, oh, well, we offer this package, we could take a photo of your kid all dressed up nice, and then you could pay for the photos, and we'll give you, like, a small print for free, uh, but you do have to buy them, otherwise we delete the pictures afterwards, and they're gone forever. <laughs> and no word of a lie, I had one on my wall. It's with my youngest mum now, she's got it. But three photos of her as a newborn baby. She looks exactly the same as she did on all of the other photos. She's just in a £100 frame. It's <laughs> the worst bloody thing. Because they're going around. They're not waiting for visiting time. They're just going in and speaking to the mum the day after they've given birth. <laughs> they've got no sleep. And just going, yeah, you want to just sign this bit of paper and agree to pay me £100 for these photos, yeah? Oh, it's terrible. But like I say, with COVID and what have you, the, they won't be going around now because obviously they're not allowed on the wall, the wards. And that's a good thing. They shouldn't be allowed back. <laughs> yeah, we did that, but we only got fridge magnets. because, oh. And it was like five like five quid or seven quid or something. So we got a couple of fridge magnets with the picture on. And I'm glad we, I'm glad we got them 
because it is nice to like see them on the fridge and stuff. But yeah, I mean, they just. I tell you, but as soon as as soon as they see you coming, Benny, their eyes just blink and the signs <laughs> just appear. Because they're like, "Oh my god, fresh victim, fresh victim with a new baby. It's a dad with a girl as well. He's going to try and give her everything he can." It's like the tourist money thieves in New York who try to sell you fake CDs and uh, take yeah. pictures with a naked cowboy. <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. run in, take a photo of your kid, and go, "Right, that'll be ten pounds, please." <laughs> ten pounds. Hang on. You are- My kid's got no clothes on. You just walked into the bathroom. <laughs> ten pounds. <laughs> ten pounds. It goes on Facebook. You are, you are lucky, though, Benny, because uh, you're lucky, though, Benny, because you're going to have the best excuse known to people everywhere, which is just going to be, oh, sorry, mate, I can't. Kids, what can I do? <laughs> oh. Sorry, there's just nothing yeah. I can do. Kids are just the best excuse in the world, <laughs> especially when they're babies as well, because you can say something like, oh, we think she's coming down with something, so we're not going to risk coming out tonight. We're just going to probably stay in and have a quiet one. Meaning, I'm fucked. I need to go to yeah. bed, but I don't know how to tell you, so I'm just going to try and blame the yeah. kid. Or, sorry, <laughs> mate, just... we can only be here for the first part of your wedding. Then we're going to have to go before it gets too noisy. <laughs> you know, we've got a very young child. <laughs> God, that's too real. Is that what you did, that's you did to me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a genuine reason, and to think It was just like... And to think I shouted it. you out in my speech as well, by name. <laughs> But it is, because... You know what? That was amazing about my wedding. (laughs) No, no, I know. And it was amazing that my wedding was the the most commented on picture of the entire wedding was of your daughter Sophie when she was like a year old and she was just sat on the grass. And everyone just went, oh my God, who's this kid? She's so cute. She's beautiful. Nobody gave a shit about our wedding (laughs) pictures. (laughs) It was and, uh, all about Sophie. We like, should oh have dressed her in so white, cute. to be honest. And, 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 yeah, that's true. A with, a ve- with a veil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Benny, get your get your baby get your uh, Benny's book of baby excuses ready now because it's just <laughs> the best. It's just the best. Oh, we better we better go. Shall we? At some point, right? You and Blossom will be out with your kid before your kid kind of really knows what's going on because once they get to like my daughter's age and obviously Adams kids ages they start hearing everything they've got ears like a fucking bat and they can just hear anything from anywhere and we'll just dob you in at any time but before they can start sort of talking or really start what's going on you'll have a quiet conversation with the with blossom you can say should we should we get out of here yeah yeah let's let's get out of here what what should we say Uh, should we just say the kid's tired yeah okay and you'll do that you know like without trying to like you've like you're practicing ventriloquist or something <laughs> yeah we'll just we'll just say the kiss tide yeah. yeah yeah good idea yeah <laughs> yeah guys sorry we, we just gotta go i mean he, he looks really peaky i think he's tired i think he needs a nap it's a bit loud so we're, we're gonna push off because at some point as well you're gonna be thinking all i want to do is go home and sit on the couch and not be near any other people <laughs> i just want to be in my own house sat on the couch eating pringles watching match of the day i don't want to be here right now because i'm knackered and you've just got a built-in excuse it's the yeah. best I, I assume it evolves to a point where you don't even have to talk about it you just exchange a glance and then you uh, excuse yourself and leave yeah you'll just do like a you'll just like make a thumb gesture towards the door and kind of ah like that and people go oh of course and no one will ever question it because you can't you can't question it can you because what if there really something is wrong with the baby and now you're the arsehole who's saying you're a liar yeah. there's nothing wrong with your child you're just saying the to downside go home. though to all of this is very soon after you're going with your kid to the parties they've been invited to and you can't use Very that true. as an excuse. You've got to sit no. there for two hours in a softball <laughs> centre making small talk with strangers 
whose only common thing is somehow your kids know each other, probably from nursery or school, and then make small talk with them. And it, I, I'm not very social to begin with, but that is the worst thing. I, I struggle so much with doing it. It's just like, yeah, so your kid goes to, oh yeah, same primary school as mine, yeah, and they've got, ah uh, yeah, same teacher because they're in the same class, obviously. So yeah, you've got a child? Yeah, me too. Right. Oh, look, climbing frame. Isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the and then you look at your watch and go, oh, only an hour and 54 minutes yeah. to go. <laughs> I'm just going to go to this uh, overpriced uh, coffee desk with this uh, like underpaid teenage girl working behind. <laughs> Maybe I'll be able to get like a, a multi-pack of walkers from them just to tide me over. <laughs> it's just oh, it's interminable. Two things, actually. One... One which is really weird is that I'm really good at those parties with the other parents for some reason. And I like, I am a silly prick, as you both know. <laughs> but those parties, I seem to get on with everybody really well. Maybe because all, maybe all George's parents are cool or something. And uh, the, George's parents' friends are really cool. So it seems to be okay. Sorry, George's friends' parents are really cool. So it always seems to be okay. And the second thing is, Benny, you'll be fine because you know sports. So any dad, yeah. it's just the classic, huh? How about that local sports team? I can't believe it. I was never offside. I know what the bullshit call. And then you just end up doing that. You'll be fine like that because that's all I do. I just fall. If it's a guy, I just fall back onto sports because it's just easy and it's something I know. And if it's a mum, we just talk about how cool the kids are and how wacky they are because you know they do. Oh, kids hilarious. She said this the other day, kind of thing. And you just kind of bond over that. Yeah, it's kind of it's not too bad. The problem of Arsenal is they always try to walk it in. That's true. I think it's I think it's very presumptuous of you to think I'll just be sitting there in, in the soft play centre when I'm going to be in there chucking ball pull ball pull balls at all the kids and trying to hit them right between the eyes. Oh, not with COVID, mate. Oh. Post COVID world, they won't let any parents in. Not without tickets. COVID has taken all my joy away. Exactly. No, no ball pit or slides for you. I mean, <laughs> I mean to be honest, post COVID world, soft play centres might not even exist. How are they going to clean those out every time a kid's used it? God, <laughs> what a world! Just crazy. One of the best, one of the best parties Georgia ever went to that she said she had the most fun at was just a kid's house that had a massive back garden, and all the kids did was run around in the back yeah. garden. <laughs> There was no toys, no climbing frame, no nothing. No, like, ball pit or, like, swimming pool area or anything. It was just a massive patch of grass. And it just evolved into all the girls sitting around gossiping and all the boys trying to fight each other. Yeah. That's just all. <laughs> which kind of ends up being every kid's much party. like a Saturday Is it for some reason? Free, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is at some point, for some reason, the boys all want one toy and end up fighting with each other and then one of them cries. That's, that's every party I went to with George when she was a kid. The parties you can throw at your own house or that house parties are much, much better because that is when someone is organising the fun. Like one of the best parties I got involved with for one of my kids was my lad just had a a party at his mum's house in the garden. All the kids came and dressed as superheroes and I got to like stand in front of them and tell them games to play. Right, everyone, I'm going to play Sleeping Lions or right, everyone, I'm going to play What's Time, Mr. Wolf? It's 10, we shouldn't be doing this, but... They still enjoyed it. It was brilliant. You know, getting a Bluetooth speaker out and playing Superman at them. And all the parents just going, oh my god, this is so terrible. But all the kids loving it. Absolutely loving it. It's those type of parties you should go for, I think, more than these like organised soft play centre mm-hmm. parties. Get the greatest hits of Black Lace on and just let them deal with it. Any party. I thought you were going to say Black Sabbath. <laughs> 
A bit of both. <laughs> Some eight-year-old. Have you, have you got war pigments? <laughs> What's going on? Oh, what? <laughs> when they get older, it's a lot easier because obviously their friend's circle just becomes who they want to go. Yeah. yeah. So George's last four or five parties have just been at our house and it's just a sleepover with three or four other friends, yeah. which is way easier to organise. Because and that's a lot easier than just. I mean, it's it's a bit more stressful to organise, but it's a lot because they just want to run upstairs and play. I don't know, play houses or doctors or and stuff like that. So it's just easier. Anyway, I can't believe the time has flown this quickly already. I know. Adam, names and parenting okay. advice, please. What would you like first? Names or advice? That's the that's the jingle we're going with. I like it. <laughs> right. Let's switch it up and go with advice first. We've always okay. got names first. I like to change. Right. Hang on, what's this? <laughs> I can't handle I can't handle this. Hang on, let's change the run sheet. <laughs> okay, so way back in the day, eighteen eighty four, Dr. Luther Emmett wrote a book called The Care and Feeding of Children. And in there Emmett carefully described how babies need to be aired. You know, like when you've got like a musty sheet and you need to put it on your, your clothesline and air it out a bit. Basically to renew and purify the blood. But if you live in like a big city, you can't just take your kid out and air them back in the day because that that's mainly smog and pollution and you know other people's shit that you're you're airing them out into. So what a lot of people in London, so we're looking as local as we can. So it's UK based in London. Uh, a lot of homes decided or homeowners decided. You know what we're going to do? We're going to air our kids out in cages. Attached to the side of the building. Ah. So there are lots of photos out there. <laughs> I won't recommend Googling babies in cages, because you might come across some <laughs> <of them. laughs> There are lots of photos, black and white photos, of little cherubic delights in <laughs> like the scariest situations. Basically, way up, six, seven stories up in the air, in basically a chicken fence little... And, and plank construction bolted onto the side of someone's window. Kind of like the size of like an air conditioning unit that you'd find on a modern building. But, but with the baby inside, happy as Larry. You know, they're out there, they're getting the air. But oh my god, it's terrifying just looking at the pictures and realising man, those babies are up very very high. Uh, <laughs> if, if you have a look, in fact, on YouTube and look for The Baby Cage by British Pathé, you'll even find like a little film about it. It's not something I'd agree with. Ooh. Just take your kid out for a walk, but <laughs> don't don't put them in a cage anymore. That's mad you mentioned British Pathé, because I saw, for some reason, their YouTube channel came across my feed this week as a recommended video, and it was something along the lines of 10 horrible incidents caught on camera. So I was, obviously, <laughs> me being the uh, the kind of darker person that I am, was like, oh, I'll have a look at this and see what's going on. And it was these horrible, horrible images of mass destruction and people just being obliterated by cars there was one guy who was a pilot landed on the aircraft carrier but you know they have like the hook and the wire that stops the plane it didn't catch so he just skidded off into the water and it shows him drowning in his cockpit and it's from like the 1950s so the voiceover's doing the classic (laughs) you know the classic uh, received is it received pronunciation they called it he's doing the classic and a young man fighting for his life here doesn't make it in the end, and another brave soul is destroyed. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like the saddest thing I've ever seen. Well, hopefully, none of the baby cage clips feature in that top ten list. 
one here <laughs> right. is this whole building just completely sheds its 20 baby cages. <laughs> <laughs> 20 young warriors lost forever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, well, so, oh yeah, so the uh, the baby name, please. Okay, the weirdest baby name. Now this is right up my alley. Darth. Obviously, for a lot of people, oh, your mind will immediately go to Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, very popular. There's a lot of geeks about it, myself included, who might include a Star Wars name in their child's name, as I did with my lad. Not Darth, but some people will go that way. However, this is from the US census data in 1920, so a little bit before Star Wars came out, and there were <laughs> at least 10 girls named, named Darth ah. out there. No idea where that name comes from originally, because I don't do my research that well. Just knowing that there were a lot of girls in 1920 in America with the name Darth. Now, whether any of those were Sith Lords, I can't say. Potentially, <laughs> you know, the whole lightsaber thing, it was a long, long time ago. So maybe that technology has carried on to 1920s New York. But I, did, I didn't see that in any British Pathé. Videos. I don't know if that featured in your top ten list. Top ten force chokes of like prohibition gangsters or something like that. And watch here as the black helmeted man who talked to the voice box chokes another little man out, uh, extinguishing his life frame there. Goodbye, sir. <laughs> I just checked quickly. The name Darth means dark and is of American origin. So I can only assume it's one of those yay oldy you know, like kind of Bostonian. 1910s yeah, where they kind of mispronounced uh, word variations. <laughs> just said, what, yeah. what was that? You said Darth? Yeah, it is pretty Darth outside. Uh, oh, I said Darth, <laughs> but it must be my accent. <laughs> All right, oh, there we go. There we go. Another episode done and dusted. But thank you again for everyone who's listening, liking, subscribing, smashing that bell, and, <laughs> and rating <laughs> us on iTunes. We do really appreciate it. We've doubled the number of ratings on iTunes this week. Thank Hang you so on, much to all the general people out there. That means if we double every single week consecutively, in about 19 weeks, we'll hit a million. <sighs> so, I mean, we're not asking for much, are <laughs> we? Just 19 weeks, that's all. Oh, and we'll get to a million, and then we'll be near Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, there we go. Thank you for listening, everybody. Cheers, Ads. Cheers, Thank Benny. You all. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. Trans rights.